Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading the book Stones of Fire by Isabel Kuhn with permission of OMF International. We've got to finish up Chapter 3 and hear what Third Sister's reply to um, Lu Sing's proposal of marriage. To Brother Lu Sing, if you can like such an immature, ignorant, inexperienced little thing as I am, then yes. In three or four years' time, I will be pleased to marry you, and I promise to do as you said, always to help guard your call of God to preach and study his word. I would be glad to do that. That's my heart, too. The writer is third sister of the J.U. family. That P.S. is untranslatable. English does not possess a word to tack on the end of thank you, which has a coy, shy, grateful smile in it, but Lesu has. One thing is sure, that Lu Sing's heart took a second tumble when he read it, and he tossed back his black curls and felt that the world was beneath his feet. But the happy girl must come out of her hiding place. She must get a note to the Bonerges, and her father must be told. Would he give her to Lu Sing? How fast her heart beat. If father married her to a heathen, he would get a lot of money for her. The church refused to allow a dowry. He would get nothing for a, but a good son-in-law if he gave her to Lucing. Would he consent? But even if he did not, today's joy was enough. Lucing loved her even as she loved him. That was happy enough for many days to come. But how to keep it a secret? She understood why he wanted it kept secret, because it would save them both words which would bring a blush of shame. But it must come sooner or later. But if it came just before they would be married, there would be fewer days to endure it. But how to keep it secret? Third sister was afraid that joy on her face alone would proclaim it to all the world. And second sister? She felt sorry for second sister. She would be as kind to her as she knew how. That evening, third sister waited until all were in the chapel, and then she slipped in when the pine chip light was waning and hid behind the other girls. She saw Lucing searching the girl's side with his eyes, but she deliberately hid. She could not trust her face in public if their eyes should meet. His anxiety would be short-lived. He would receive her reply tonight. The next day, Bonerges had to find third sister's father and tell him the news in secret, and that Lucing wished the engagement, if there was to be an engagement, kept quiet. Father Jeyu consented. And he had a great deal to say about how much money he lost by the transactions. He wanted Lucing to understand that he would not have done this for everyone. And that Lucing ought to be properly grateful. It was obvious to all that the old man was inwardly very proud that he was to have a son-in-law whom all the community prized. But his father was not a Christian, the first thing to do was to compare the horoscopes. Lucing was born in the year presided over by the goat third sister in the year presided over by the cow. Now this was alarming, for the goat and the cow are in opposition. They fight. In other words, the horoscopes were unfavorable. Of course the Christians call that superstition, but Father Jehu felt that if the horoscopes were unfavorable, his daughter might die soon after marriage. He could not consent to that. Yet in his heart he was disquieted at the possibility of losing such a son-in-law. What should he do? If he allowed a union of opposing horoscopes, he would offend the gods. And if he did not, he would lose an honor that would make him the envy of his neighbors. 
suddenly an idea occurred to him. Bonerges, why not let Lucing take second sister instead? She was born in the rabbit year. Goats and rabbits don't fight. Well, that was an idea and acceptable to the Lacey thinking. Come to think of it, Lucing used to like second sister. The Bonerges remembered how Lucing Pa had chuckled many years ago when one evening his eight-year-old son returned home to supper and told the family he had seen his future wife that day. He refused to give her name, but the amused parents by the process of elimination had discovered it was the second sister of the J.U. family. This story cheered Father J.U. immensely, and the Bonerges were commissioned to go and suggest this way out of the difficulty. Too bad for third sister, but it was for her good, and Lucene would still be in the family. Only God knows the agony of heart that little third sister went through all that day before the interview with Lucene could take place. A height of joy one day and agony of despair the next. Oh God, would you really let that happen? What was that Bible verse? Which of you, if your sons asked for a bread, would give him a stone? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? That was something faith could lay hold of. Faith is a conviction of things not seen. The conviction that the one not seen and silent is still working and true to his promises. All through that day, third sister lay hold of that faith to steal her trembling hands and fearful heart. That evening, as the dust fell, Bonerges entered the Jehu shack once more. Third sister trembled so that she quickly moved into a dark corner of the hut so as not to be seen when the sentence was given. It won't work, announced the Bonerges. It made Lucing so mad that even I got scared. I left as soon as possible. You should have seen his eyes flash. It's third sister or nobody ever. As long as he lives, he said. And he got so excited, I felt as if I were sitting on a gunpowder and the match had been lit. That boy is like his great-grandfather and will betide anyone who crossed his great-grandmother. I tell you, I got out as fast as I dared, and I recommend you don't try that again. Or if you do, and the Bernerges chuckled, go sit on the gunpowder yourself. You remember Father Jehu was a stammerer, but the next 15-minute conversation could not have been clear. It takes him such a long time to get his first word out normally when he is excited that we can only imagine his but-but-but-but-buts are the Bonerges' words. Even the third sister, hiding in the corner, weak from relief, must have finally rehid her face. It's time to conceal the chuckles at her father's foundering. He had really begun to count on having Lucing as his son-in-law, and now he had not only badly offended him, but he had made an adjustment difficult by his strong declaration that the horoscopes were impossibly opposed. But Bonerzi is a clever old man, and he really wanted to help. There's one thing that we have not done yet, he said. We can only compare the years of their birth. Do you remember the animal presiding over the day third sister was born? Lesu, who had never studied in their lives and cannot multiply or divide, must count on their fingers. Never forget the horoscopes of their children. Yes, Father Jehu knew the day animal of third sister. So when the horoscopes of the two animals who presided over the day of their birth were compared, to everyone's relief, they were found to be in harmony. If the day horoscopes are in accord, I would not worry about the year horoscopes, counseled the wise Bernergy. Lucing isn't afraid, and he knows a lot, that boy. So the engagement was made and still in secret. The next day, Benerji appeared with two big tubes of delicious honey, an engagement present to the father. And of course, says Benerji, 
casually. You will let third sister go to the girls' Bible school now. Lucing requests that you do. So the walls of her Jericho fell. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, she testified in later years with an earnest light on her sweet face. It is a substance, something real. Chapter 4. Two Stones Are Set Together Now the building of Lucing's house went on apace. It had been rumored in the village that Lucing had written a like letter, but no one could find out to whom or with what result. Banerjee could keep counsel. The road to the water hole passes right by and through Lucing's property, so that third sister was daily able to watch the progress of the building as she went for water. The new home was not like any Lesu house ever seen in those parts before. It was really a miniature copy of Ma Pa's House of Grace, with three rooms instead of the Lesu one. That meant privacy for the bride and the groom, which must have thrilled third sister's heart. Lu Sing Pa was one of the best carpenters in the canyon, so it was being built well. It had windows in it, which was also an innovation, because being a Bible student, they would need light to study. It was not to have central fire. It was to be kept clean, and they could cook and eat with the old parents whose house was already sooty. Third sister carefully avoided Lu Sing now. She was still afraid of her tell-tale face besides. Avoidance was a chaste etiquette in the Lesu mind. She would see him every night in chapel, and it thrilled her through and through when night by night she watched him search for her with his eyes until he found her. And though he looked away immediately, his whole face lit up with such a happy light she marveled that no one else had discovered their secret. And with what power he preached those evenings, he just radiated the joy that was flooding them both. Always before that, after chapel service, Third sister had lingered with the rest of the girls outside the door, talking back and forth with the young men about the events of the day or the latest news of the war. But now, as soon as it was over, third sister sped quickly down the trail to her father's house. She made the excuse that she had so much weaving to do now that she was going to the girls' Bible school and would lose that month. But one day, on the way up to the water hole, her empty bamboo tubes in the back in the basket on her back, third sister ran right into Lucing who is coming back with his load of water. They were upon one another before they realized it, and the soul of Lucing leaped up into his face with such a glow of love that third sister was shyly overcome and sped up the hill and passed him. Neither had said a word, but that night the girl lay awake and under the privacy of darkness leisurely enjoyed it all over again. Those were happy days. Five girls from Olives were going to the girls' Bible school, Sarah, Lydia, Chloe, Rachel, and third sister. Lucing was journeying with them to get Ma Pa's white mules and take them over to Olives for winter pasture. Second sister seemed to be backsliding again. She said she was going to the hot springs at Chinese New Year, and third sister's heart was burdened for her. The day of departure came, and the gay young party started out. Some of their brothers went along to help carry their bedding rolls. And as they passed along the trails and met boys who had been to the rainy season Bible school, there was merry teasing. We'll expect you back in two days. Girls will get homesick. You'll never be able to stick it out. Be sure and bring an extra copy of new songs for me, won't you? You'll have to go out on the weekends and preach, you know. We'll have a special prayer for you and so on. The girls would laugh and blush and shake their heads or give a call back. And so they left their dear, familiar village, their hearts fluttering with eager, for it was certainly a, started a new page in life for each.
This group from Olives were among the first to arrive, and Mama met them, running down the trail to welcome them, in fact. She came to the third sister. She exclaimed, Why, third sister, you came after all. Praise God. And she shook her hand in such a surprise that third sister felt guilty. Evidently, Mama did not know yet, but Lucy was already inspecting the two small dormitories and choosing the better. Here, girls, put your bundles in here. Yes, testing the woven bamboo mats tied to the short posts driven into the earth. Those beds will do all right. Two in a bed, choose your partner. Maybe the fifth one of you can sleep with Esther. And so we went around arranging for their comfort. That night after service, Lucing told Mama, You enigma, said Mama. You have led me to think that you were interested in Sarah, and I was so concerned, for your two temperaments would never have harmonized. Third sister, I am delighted. She was my choice of them all, but you never showed the slightest interest in her. But Lucing laughed. And then he threw back his black curls with a joyous toss as he said, It wasn't convenient to let you know, and I don't want it known now. I want to pay for her study books, please. As he laid two dollars down on Mama's knee. Now Mama knew that Lucing had very little spending money, so she said, Oh, I'd be glad to pay for her. No, you do not understand. I want to. And his face glowed so unmistakably that Mama understood. All right, then. I'm giving the girls Bible names. Those who do not have them. Would you like to choose third sisters? Once more his face beamed and then sobered as he thought. The Lesu translation of girls' Bible names does appeal to me with one exception. Mary is a nice name. Then she shall be Mary, announced Mama. And that is how third sister got her Bible name. They wanted their engagement kept secret. And Mama really meant to help. But yet it was Mama who unwittingly let the cat out of the bag. She was so busy that morning... Lucing was leaving with the mules, and the girls were clamoring to buy notebooks and pencils and pens and ink, not having the time to speak to Mary previously when that little maiden shyly produced a dollar. Mama said to her, You do not need to pay, Mary. One of the Christians in Olives is paying for you. The idea of helping a Christian student through Bible school is such a common thing in America, but that did not occur to Mama, as Lacey would never think of such a way of serving the Lord and that by her remarks she had publicly announced that the giver was loosing. But so it was. That afternoon, Mama called Mary aside. Mary, would you like to join me each evening when I go for my prayer walk? We could pray together for loosing. You know he is going to Stumblesteam District to evangelize among the heathen this month. It is a difficult territory, and he will need special upholding. Now, Mama had hoped to get to know her better through these times together, but the little girl was so in awe of the tall white woman that she did not speak a word except when asked a question. Her prayers for loosing, however, were free and from the heart, showing that communion with the Father was not new to her. It was on the playground after study time that Mama really learned to know her. If she made a mistake or caused others to lose a game, she was humble and very quick to ask pardon. She loved her fellow villagers devotedly. At every prayer meeting, then and in succeeding years, she was always the one of the first to pray and never closed without a yearning. And God blessed the dear brothers and sisters in Olives. In her studies, she did not top the list that year. But in later schools, she did excellent work. And in the last school Mama was able to teach in the canyon, Mary turned in a perfect paper in Mama's subject the whole month. Closing day was thrilling. Lesulin saw its first line of girl students take their places on the platform. Two girls gave short messages and for the rest of the program was singing and Bible memory work. 
the possibility of the women of Lesu teaching the children had been introduced, and to help them, some action songs were translated. These the girls did themselves, and being in a new thing in Lesulin made a great impression, even the adults enjoying them to the full. Many guests had arrived for the closing exercises, among them a group of young men from Olives. At the end, as the girls marched out, Enoch said beaming, Why, it was almost as good as ours, wasn't it? Mama smiled and inwardly answered, Masculine vanity, I think it was better. On their return to Olives, everyone was waiting to see what a month's Bible study had done for the girls. So night by night, the girls were summoned to the platform to teach what they had learned. Sarah had been impressed with the message on Joseph, on how the Lord had to deal with his youthful pride. Mary remembered to talk on the mother of Jesus and the danger of daily round, the familiar task of dulling the memory of the heavenly vision, and so on. And everyone enjoyed the action songs. Only a few nights had passed when, lo and behold, Lucing arrived. He really had not planned to return so soon, but of course his imagination pictured what was going on. He wondered if Mary could preach in Christian endeavor better now, and what new songs she had learned, and so on, until he found himself going home. He explained to everyone by saying it was because he had torn his trousers and had to come home to get them mended. But as he prepared to return to his field, he wrote to Mama, They have all come back new girls. And so the yearly girls' Bible school came to stay. Those were the happy days for the young group, unconscious of dark cloud of war that was slowly but surely gathering over their heads. Two more like letters were written, an Enoch to Sarah and Ticketus to Chloe. Jonah, the middleman, said to Mama, It is strange, but I have noticed that Sarah's answer to Enoch was written in Mary's handwriting, and thus began her long roll of village-like letter scribe. One is tempted to linger over the picture of those two maidens in a hidden corner of the wooden mountainside, their turban heads together as they whispered and concocted the important small missive. Mary saw it later. There had obviously been writings erased and on second thoughts put down on their place. It had a sweet, winsome note which betrayed the identity of the composer even more than the handwriting. But Enoch was satisfied and the engagement was announced. And now for those dark clouds. Mama had gone to Kuming for dentistry and Ma Pa for another one of those conferences. But Brother Three and a friend were still in the canyon. Two months after the girls' Bible school, the Japanese were at the China-Burma border. In May, without notice, they bombed the city of Pashan at noon on the market day. The carnage was unspeakable, but in the Lord's loving kindness, the missionaries all escaped with their lives, and on May 9th, five of them arrived at Oak Flat. This upsurge of war had blocked Ma Pa and Ma Ma return, but here were all those refugee missionaries, so rainy season Bible school had plenty of teachers. These new voices were very much appreciated, but, of course, none of them spoke Lisu, and prayer was made constantly that their own missionaries might return. God answered in an unexpected way. The Chinese military found that they needed a dependable liaison officer who understood the Lesu language and customs and who would plead with the tribespeople not to befriend the Japanese. For this office, Ma Pa was chosen and Ma Ma with him. They were allowed in past the line of the American soldiers who were longing to get closer and by the end of August were back in the canyon again. Lesu land was now considered the front line of the battle. So it was like a miracle. They were learning what God can do when people pray. But Mary's thoughts were not often in the, on the war. Lucing had said in his proposal they would be married in a year or two, and she had replied, in three or four. But now, she was told, he wished to be married that autumn. 
Fearful lest her father change his mind, they set the date for November the 13th. There was no trousseau to be prepared, but the close of the new year could be hastened on, and for loosing a pair of cloth shoes. Like all other Lesu, he usually went barefoot, but from the Chinese village of the Olives, girls had learned to make cloth shoes and beautifully embroidered sandals, which were the envy of other villagers. Lusing should have a pair of these. As little Mary was not especially good at sewing, she doubtlessly sought advice from clever-fingered Rhoda or Lydia. From now on, according to the custom, the labor of making all Lusing's clothes would be devoured upon his wife. So Mary, pleased with the prospect, as she had occasionally go back and forth through the village, secretly watched the married women cut out their husband's clothes, hoping to get hints. For about a month before the wedding, Father Jehu had traveled north and south, inviting his friends and relatives to the marriage. This important role he enjoyed to the full, for he was allowed to invite as many as he liked, and he intended that the guest role should be at least 100. If he gave away his daughter for nothing, at least there should be a properly expensive affair and a good audience to witness his generosity. Lucing, of course, must feed them all. The only drawback to this proud joy was that he had to tell everybody that there would be no liquor served. These Christians, well, you know that that is their custom. But Lucing says that it will be a plenty of rice and pork, enough to take home with you. So bring a big square of cloth to wrap it up. Of course, wherever he went, Father Jay, who had to stay overnight, and we can imagine the covert laughter as the old stutterer tried to explain proudly on the, the beautiful new house which was to be his daughter's. There were sliding shutters for the windows, which of course were open, glass being an impossible luxury, and Lu Sing Pa had a plan to fasten them against thieves. Board floors were held down by nails. In fact, the whole house was built with nails instead of being tied together with vines as a usual lacy manner. The nails were the wedding gift of Ma Pa, whilst Mama's gift, two cupboards, were large enough to do duty as beds as well as being containers. Father Jehu had lots to talk about. Lu Sing's desire for a large house was in order that church guests could have a place to sleep, both in Christmas time and for the present occasion. The wedding guests were to sleep on the new board floors, which would accommodate over a hundred people. This was something new. Being father-in-law to a man who did things so differently from everyone else, then he would end. Everybody be sure and come. Back in Olives, Lu Sing was in a quandary. Whom shall he ask to be his best man? This or that one might feel slighted if not asked, so finally he decided he would have no best man at all. Word was sent to Mary of this decision, but it was added that she could do as she liked about a bridesmaid. She, too, was having her problem. In Le Soulan, it is not customary to ask one sister to be the bridesmaid, so there was no difficulty about Martha. Second sister had now been named Martha, but then there was Lydia and Rachel and others. One must be careful not to offend, because this was not just Mary's wedding. Oh no, this was Lucing's wedding. So when the message was brought that Lucing had decided to go unattended, that relieved Mary. She would go unattended too. It was really going to be an important affair. Ma Pa was coming over from Oak Flat for the ceremony and bringing a distinguished Chinese guest with him, Dr. Wesley May, who had been trained in America and spoke English. He wanted to take their picture. November 13th dawned a beautiful day. Golden autumn lay upon the mountains, and the rice had been harvested, and the buckwheat was reddening in the fields. Blue skies overhead, snowy peaks to put a tang in the air, pine trees to lend their perfumed needles for a carpet for the chapel, 
and the wine plush flowers of buckwheat glowing out from between the cornfields, where the stubble lay a pale gold in the sunshine, and it was good to be alive. Up in the center of the village, Lee Singh and his hundreds of guests were sending merry sounds down the village slopes as they fixed the bridal arch in place. In her father's hut at the bottom of the village, Mary waited nervously. It was Lesu customer for the bridegroom and his friends to come for the bride, ringing a gong as they traveled over the high trails. Her family then gave them a meal, after which they returned to the chapel in the bridegroom's village, and the ceremony takes place. Being in the same village, there would be no feast in Mary's house, and Lucing, unattended, would go down alone to her. Hour after hour, she waited patiently whilst her girlfriends fluttered in and out with bits of news. None of them guessed the real reason for the delay. It was that Lu Sing, who had so often lectured other young people as to what was a proper behavior at a wedding, when his own hour arrived, was suddenly seized with panic. He had a, a terrifying desire to run away. He kept making one excuse after another to delay the journey down the hill for his bride. He said that this must yet be done and that was necessary until at length nothing else was left. It was inescapable. A white man, a noted Chinese physician and 100 guests. He must go through with it. So 10 o'clock in the morning saw Lu Xing, his mouth firmly set, descend the hill to Father Jehu's shanty. Gathered near the doorway was a group of heathen who nudged one another, tickled and whispered and looking grim. The young bridegroom entered the house, turned to the little bride sitting there timidly and said, Let's go. Whereupon they started on the climb to the chapel. We're going to stop here and you'll have to wait till next time for the what happens at the wedding and, and uh, to see this joyous event take place. I love you. I'm praying for you. And bye-bye for now.